The following podcast may contain adult language and conversations revolving around situations not suitable for immature audiences. Spoilers and general political incorrectness can often be expected, so listener discretion is advised. They must be destroyed on sight! How you doing, guys? We're back for uh, another solo cast of They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, a movie podcast. Uh, another intermission cast, I guess. This is the fourth one we've done. Uh, flying solo again this week. Uh, just another sort of schedule kerfuffle, I guess. More for me this time around than anyone else. Just been working way too much. So just trying to get out a little something, hold people over until we can get back to the Real podcasting again, and hopefully next weekend should be the return to uh, the regular podcast. So if that was what you were waiting for, if indeed there's anyone out there waiting for that, that's when you can expect us to get back to things. And I went over last week what the next three uh, episodes of the uh, sex comedy series will be. And once we're done that, we're going to do a couple random episodes, and then we're going to move on to... Uh, slasher films in August so look forward to that do have a few topics to go over here uh, not a lot of stuff to talk about this one might even be a bit shorter than uh, usual we'll see how it goes but anyway thanks for listening for those people who do listen uh, very much appreciated I'm going to start off here with two uh, comments both of them from uh, my friend Greg Bylog. it's been a while since he's seen either Flesh Gordon but I love the first one as a kid, for obvious reasons, of course. Uh, wasn't as big of a fan of the second, but I should probably rewatch it sometime. Yeah, the second one, I, I find it kind of works better now that I've had a few years between the first time I watched it and the second time I watched it. It, it is much more explicitly a, a parody, and really a parody of the first film. Um, it, it, it really does put a lot of the uh, softcore sex stuff in the background, and... It is almost strictly more a parody film than anything else, with a few titties thrown here and there, but it's mostly gross-out gags and things like that. I've read somewhere that even the original Flesh Gordon was originally supposed to be hardcore, and they decided to basically cut those scenes out. So there you go. Uh, they just decided to go more of the comedy route and more of this sort of silly put tits on screen for fun kind of thing rather than any sort of serious uh, sexual activity or anything like that. So his second comment is he enjoyed Kung Fury and it sort of reminded him of Big Trouble in Little China in terms of his weirdness. Uh, he said the 30-minute runtime was perfect. I wish there were a lot of feature films would have the decency to not be so long. And yeah, that's true. A lot of um, films kind of do go very long these days. A uh, good example would be the recent Avengers film. Way too long. They could have easily cut 30 minutes out of that. Uh, too many just weird subplots that really weren't going anywhere. I realized it was sort of a bridge film to the new phase of Marvel films, so they were trying to fit all kinds of story and character shit in there, but they really didn't need to. Uh, I really didn't need to see uh, Black Widow and the Hulk have a romance. It felt very tacked on and stupid. As much as I kind of enjoyed seeing Hawkeye's family life, you know, and seeing a bit more focused on Hawkeye, the character, to try to somehow justify him being on a team filled with, like, super-powered gods. It really didn't need to be in the film, either. 
uh, could could have cut that right out. Yeah, a lot of films they just seem to go for this big epic length now. Uh, sort of kind of blame like Hobbit films and stuff like that, and the Lord of the Rings uh, to some extent, where just putting all kinds of shit on screen and stretching films out to trilogies and things like that when they really shouldn't be. It can wear thin real quick, right? So yeah, and speaking of Big Trouble in Little China, uh, there is a remake in the works, apparently, that is going to star Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now this really pisses me off to no end. WWE superstar, uh, action star as well. And you know what? I am not a person who necessarily poo-poos on uh, remakes right right off the bat. Uh, I know a lot of people just immediately groan and roll their eyes as soon as they hear about any sort of remake. And I understand that mentality. I understand that uh, that position. I, I'm, I usually don't. For some films, maybe I will. Uh, for instance, the, the prequel for The Thing. Everything I saw about that screamed remake, and they still tried to sell it as a prequel, and technically I guess it is supposed to be a prequel, but it really was a remake, and I really didn't like that. But yeah, you, usually I don't I don't shit on remakes, because I think a lot of people forget that just because it's a remake doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be automatically bad. People forget that John Carpenter's The Thing was a remake, and it was a great fucking remake. People forget that David Cronenberg's The Fly was a remake, and it was a great fucking remake. Remakes are not necessarily a bad thing. I think the problem is we're spoiled with them now. There's just been such a dilution of cinema and originality in cinema. Um, it's, it's just been substituted for people cashing in on cheap remakes, and then you see a lot of really bad ones. Uh, there have been some notable exceptions in the last few years. Um, I know a lot of people would probably disagree with me, but I really liked the very first Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. I thought it was really well, really well done. Um, I actually liked the Friday the 13th remake. I thought that was really well done. I think the shining example of a great remake, though, in the last few years would be the Hills Have Eyes remake, which I thought was far superior to the original film. But then you get all these really garbage ones. You get shit like the Nightmare on Elm Street one. Uh, you get shit like, uh, holy fuck, man, um, Fright Night shit like the the fucking hitcher bad really bad really terrible stuff that's just cynical cash-ins and they're really garbage and you know i'm holding out hope for this uh, big t trouble in little china thing but uh there's a part of my brain that goes why bother it was it, it's the same thing that i was feeling for when i heard that halloween was being remade by rob zombie i was like why why are you doing that because there's no possible I couldn't see any possible uh, avenue that they could explore that would be all that interesting. You know, um, all I could see them doing is a shot-for-shot -shot remake, um, and they didn't do that. Um, instead, they taught us all about what Michael Myers was like as a kid, and all about his hillbilly family who fucking swear all the time. Every three seconds, say fuck. I don't give a fuck about that shit. I don't want to hear about that shit. I don't want to know that Michael Myers was a traumatized kid who liked to kill animals and he beat the, his his bullies to death. And Fuck off. What made Michael Myers scary was you did not know where he was coming from. All you knew is that he snapped at one point and he went to a fucking mental asylum for 15 years and he's broken out and shit is going down. And you don't know why. You don't know what's going on. You don't know if it's supernatural or not. That's what made the movie effective. Rob Zombie stripped away all the magic in those films. He he made he made Michael Myers human. 
is what he did. And that was a major mistake as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I'm just kind of, I'm kind of scratching my head over what are they going to do with The Rock in Big Trouble in Little China? What's going to happen here? Uh, I'd rather see a sequel. I'd rather see um, Kurt Russell back with uh, John Carpenter. But, you know, that's never going to happen, probably. So, I guess we're going to be stuck with The Rock. I don't hate The Rock. I like The Rock. Uh, I'm a wrestling fan. I enjoyed The Rock when he was a wrestler. I think he's a good actor, too, for some stuff. Um, I've enjoyed him in several films. But, I don't know, man. I really don't. Um, I don't think I'd buy The Rock as a trucker. Would, would any of you guys out there buy The Rock as a truck driver? I bought Kurt Russell as a truck driver. He, he felt like a truck driver. Uh, the Rock does not feel like the kind of guy who would be a truck driver to me, unless he's gonna, you know, slim down a little, um, maybe get a little out of shape, maybe get a little bit more rough around the edges. I don't know if I can buy it. Well, we'll see. Uh, I I'm gonna watch it. Um, I'm not gonna pass judgment until I actually watch it. But man, I just see all these John Carpenter films remade, and I've yet to see anyone really do a good job with it. Uh, I've seen some interesting ideas here and there. Like, even the Rob Zombie films are not bereft of interesting ideas here and there. But, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm just afraid it's going to end up like The Fog or something like that. And um, it's just a pity that people these days, you know, it's only took them like 20, 30 years to realize that, hey, John Carpenter was a great filmmaker and he made a lot of great films. And... You know, go see his films. Don't see the remakes. See see the original films. Pick them up on video, video on demand, whatever you want to do. Get get a little bit of an education on a great filmmaker, an underrated filmmaker, in my opinion. Uh, do the same for George Romero as well. But yeah, uh, I don't know, a little bit of rant over with there. We're going to go into um, a few of my written reviews, again, from my old uh, written uh, movie blog. Uh, I'm just going to go through, I've actually got, how many do I have here actually? I've got one, two, three, yeah, four, you know, I'm going to read them all. If uh, this sort of thing doesn't interest you, you just turn the podcast off right now, but um, I'm going to go through a few of my reviews here, and uh, after that we'll uh, we'll call it quits um, for this for this episode. I just wanted to do a little, little bit of something for you guys. Listen. Okay, so the first one we're going to do is Hell Ride from 2008, starring Larry Bishop, Michael Madsen, Eric Belfour, Vinnie Jones, Lenore Valera, David Carradine, and Dennis Hopper, directed by Larry Bishop. And that's a pretty damn good cast. That's a pretty impressive cast, actually. Um, of course, Michael Madsen and Vinnie Jones have been sort of toiling, and David Carradine at that point as well. We're all toiling in... Um, sort of direct-to-video B-movie uh, obscurity at that point. I think Quentin Tarantino had something to do with the uh, uh, production of this one because he's friends with Larry Bishop. And Larry Bishop, if you don't know, he did, I think it was Mad Dog Time, which was this really existential, surreal gangster film that was terrible. Uh, and he did uh, a couple biker films. He was in a couple biker films back in, like, the 60s and 70s, sort of uh, biker exploitation kind of stuff. All right, so... And uh, he's actually in Kill Bill as well. He plays the boss of uh, Michael Madsen's character in the strip club. So uh, if you're just wondering who Larry Bishop was. Um, anyway, here's what I wrote. And this is, of course, another biker film. Uh, he says, I really don't know if I like this film or not. This film had some pretty positive buzz, but 
it's also been slammed pretty much in every review I've seen for it. Quentin Tarantino produced and put his name behind this one to help promote the film. It had a great piece of cover art for the DVD box. It has an awesome low-budget exploitation cast. How could it fail, right? It makes no fucking sense at all. That's how. Director and star Larry Bishop also directed Mad Dog Time, a gangster movie that also makes no sense at all. Bishop's biggest claim to fame, other than being Joey Bishop's son, is starring in old AIP exploitation biker films like The Savage 7. So this is an attempt at doing another film like those films, but it fails on several levels. It, mesh, it tries to mesh the dialogue and action of Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez uh, films with the grindhouse style biker flicks. The really awful but fun ones, i.e. most biker films other than Easy Rider or The Wild One. But it's just not a good fit. Also, the film just looks too new. They should have done what was done for Grindhouse, where dirt and scratches and film jumps were added in digitally. And I say that I know that sounds really bad for me to say that, because, you know, it's kind of cheap and it's kind of fake. But, you know, sometimes that kind of stuff works. Um, and I will defend that. So if anyone has a problem with that, uh, you know, let me know. I, I, I will defend it. I, I actually kind of like that sometimes. They're, they're going for that aesthetic, so they might as well, at the very least, do it on cheap film stock. Um, old, cheap film stock. or Well, not cheap film stock, but old film stock anyway. Um, some films have done that in, the re in recent years as well. Uh, the characters all ride around saying cool lines, killing each other, checking out naked women, killing each other some more, etc. But fuck if it made any sense, and fuck it if they just felt sort of hollow. Still, I sort of liked it too. I don't know why. Michael Madsen plays a biker called The Gent, and he wears a tux instead of a leather jacket and jeans. He looks like an aging burnout wedding crasher or something, but he does have a lot of good lines. Fuck, I'll say, I'll say rent it. It's not a good biker movie, it's not a so bad it's good biker movie, but it is sort of entertaining even if the plot is hard as hell to follow. And it, it kind of is. Like, it's kind of a thing you can watch if you're drinking. It, it really makes no sense, but there's a kind of cool... It, it can pass the time. I'll put it that way. Okay, we're going to move on to movie two now. Uh, this one's a real fucking stinker. The Spirit from 2008, starring uh, Gabriel Macht. I think that's how you say his fucking name. Eva Mendez, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Star Scarlett Johansson. Sarah Paulson, Dan Loria, Louis Lombardi, Stanya Katik, Paz Vega, Jamie King, and Frank Miller. And directed by Frank Miller, and you know who Frank Miller is, of course, comic book guru, um, who's become sort of an eccentric crazy in the last few years. And he's also a guy who needs someone to rein him in when he's directing. Um, anyway, based on the comic book series by Will Eisner, The Spirit is about a cop. Uh, who is slain in the line of duty. He somehow comes back from the grave as an unkillable ladies' man. He becomes a mass crime fighter of the spirit and goes to war with the criminal elements of his home city. His chief rival is the also quite unkillable octopus, and this is Samuel L. Jackson's character. Because of their apparent immortality, they've engaged each other in battle, uh, in a battle that may never have an end. And I say, wank. Total wank. You thought Batman and Robin was the low point for superhero... Uh, based on a comic book movies? Think again, kid. Fucking awful. Horrible. Something decent like Sin City taken to its worst excesses. Somebody stop Frank Miller from directing by himself again because he's, a t he's totally lost it. 
He apes the visual style and noir trappings of Sin City here, but forgets to dump any meat into the stew. He seems more interested in laying out his fetishes for us to see, and doesn't even attempt to put them to any good use. There's no dramatic build to anything. It tried to be campy and over-the-top and fun. Instead, it's head-scratchingly inane, stupid and boring, silly, goofy, lazy. Jackson goes beyond over-the-top in his role to the point where I begin to seriously hate him. The only thing it has over Batman and Robin is lovely visuals. And then, even then, I'm mostly referring to the females in the cast. And at least you can get a, a laugh out of Batman and Robin. Not here. Here lies only sorrow. Avoid abort. Okay, and we'll move on to uh, an animated feature from 2007. Aqua Teen Hunger Force, colon, movie, film for theaters. That's a mouthful. Who cares what it's? who's starring in it? All a bunch of voice actors and stuff that I don't know. Although Bruce Campbell is in it, I guess. Um, Chris Kattan. Wow, Neil Peart is in it? I forgot that. Isaac Hayes, Tina Fey, Fred Armiston, and then a bunch of other people. Yeah, you know, the primary guys who do Aqua Teen Hunger Force on uh, Adult Swim. Uh, directed by Matt Melareo. May, May, Male, ah, fuck you, your name sucks, uh, and Dave Willis, see, he's got a real name, I say, the title is better than the movie, seriously, okay, I r actually really like the Aqua Teen Hunger Force show, I've discovered the main reason why, too, the jokes, weird characters, and fucked up situations are funny when presented in an 11 minute television episode, nothing overstays its welcome in that format, but here, for 86 minutes, they just can't pull it off. What might have made for a good 30-minute episode just can't hold up over the entire running time of the film. I think even most fans will tire of this film. I did. I actually fell asleep watching it. Uh, this almost never happens to me. The opening, a spin on the theater ad trying to get you to buy popcorn and the like is pretty good. But after that, it's all downhill. Obviously aware of this fact, they've packed the DVD release with tons of extras that are actually way more interesting, including an unfinished version of the film that runs about six or seven minutes shorter, changes some plot points, and actually leaves in some funny jokes cut from the finished version of the film. For the extras alone, this DVD might be worth a rental, but the movie is not unless you're such a diehard fan that all you do is quote Master Shake all the time. And that pretty much sums it up. The, the movie just, it actually put me to sleep. That's how bad it was. All right, and I guess we'll just move on to one more here. Uh, I, I do have two more films in the thing, but I, I'll just do this one last one, and then we'll move on to the end. I don't even know how long I'm going here. Oh, yeah, we're about 20 minutes, so that'll work out perfectly. And the last one we're going to do is uh, an anthology film, and I do plan on doing, like, an anthology horror month at some point, but I'll just exclude this one from the reviews. It's going to be much more uh, selective, I guess, um... Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror, uh, starring Snoop Dogg, Ernie Hudson, Danny Trejo, Pooch Hall, Anson Mount, Daniela Alonzo, Lynn Shea, Brandy Roderick, Richard Grant, Ari Spears, Dallas Page, the wrestler, of course, Jeffrey Lincoln, Neil Guglielmi, Sydney. Uh, okay, unless these people, I don't need to know. Um, directed by Stacy Title, uh, and here's what I write about this one. Snizzle, dizzle, total dribble, my gibble, and the frizzle, hizzle, pizzle. Yeah, I'm not sure why I subjected myself to this urban hip-hop take on the horror anthology movie, Hell. 
It has already been done years ago in Tales from the Hood, and that film was a lot better than this mess. They try to mix a cool anime opening with um, hip-hop music, violence, and lots of people saying bitches, ho, and nigger. And somehow turn this stuff into three EC comic-style stories with Snoop as your demonic horror host. It flat out doesn't work because none of the stories are any good. They are bottom-of-the-barrel stuff with no meat to them that have violence and MTV camera tricks pasted on in hopes of tricking some dumb kids into thinking that they are, in fact, the total snizzle. Does Snoop Dogg have any clue whatsoever about how silly he fucking is? He comes off as a dumb, angry pothead who tries to be cool but fails miserably. There isn't even enough tits or good enough gore to keep me interested on even the most basic of levels. I suppose you could watch this film if you've been dying to see a 40-ouncer shoved through a gangbanger's skull. That's essentially the highlight of this film. Avoid abort. Okay, there. Now let's move. But let's take the back door. Here you go, guys. So my thoughts on a few films uh, from the past. Thanks for listening. Again, the trailer that will run at the end here will give you all the sort of contact information, where to find other episodes, where to find all the stuff from me and uh, my co-hosts, Daniel and Paul, where to leave comments and stuff like that if you don't want to leave them under the uh, YouTube video or whatever. Uh, We definitely want comments and questions. We want suggestions. Uh, I put this out here a couple episodes ago. I want people to suggest Movie God questions. If you're not familiar, the game Movie God, where uh, we pick either two actors, two films, two scripts, two soundtracks, two composers, uh, two of something that's been important to movies, and we eliminate one of them, and then we predict what... Uh, the landscape of movies would be like uh, with one of them gone and we're trying to make a hard choice here as to what we want to sacrifice uh, what would be the least painful so if you have any sort of suggestions for that uh, please leave them uh, we, we we definitely want them also uh, recommendations for film reviews please leave those we're collecting a few of them here that people have been leaving so we're going to be gearing up to do some episodes that uh, of movies people uh, have been requesting and you know just general comments and questions. How are we doing? What do you think of our opinions? Do you disagree with us? Do you agree with us? Let us know. If if it, if we don't get that and it's just us sort of here fiddling our thumbs and uh, patting each other on the back most of the time and that kind of sucks. So it'd be better to have a little bit of discussion going on, um, have some people with contrary opinions or just interesting opinions that we didn't think about. And, um, you know, all about, it's all about talking about movies and having fun, guys. And uh, we've been enjoying the increased listener feedback uh, that we've been getting. So keep it up. Uh, And thank you guys for listening. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to play out on. I'll think of something. I'll look back on what I reviewed in this episode and find something appropriate. And until then, uh, we will see you again, guys, later. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. For our other episodes, links to Daniel, Paul, and Lee's other stuff, and links to some great podcasts of similar interest, visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. There you can leave us comments on the site or directly email us. We listen and respond to everything. Thank you. Drive through.